Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. chapter 3 verses 1 through 13 for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven a time to be born and a time to die a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted a time to kill and a time to heal a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the busyness that God has given to everyone to be busy with, He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and to enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their toil. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So here we are, we've made it another year. How do you feel about your last year? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling like we went out with a bang. And that always makes me very happy. So you heard me tell the children what an incredible Christmas Eve and Christmas we had here at Crozet United Methodist Church. And I have to tell you, I wasn't really sure that I would be standing here on January 1st feeling as good as I am. Because I had gone from eight years of two Christmas Eve services and two clergy to five services over Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and just me. (laughs) And so it was that I was not only looking forward to Christmas nap, but I was also very excited over what could possibly happen. Was I going to be able to do this? Was this something that God was going to make happen because this was God's will? And I'm going to say yes. I think that when you have a thousand people in your church in less than 24 hours, that's a big deal. In fact, let me frame for you how big a deal that is. My last church would have four worship services on Easter, four worship services for the last two years, and they still didn't have as many people as we had. That's a big deal. And so when I finally got home on Christmas and I was able to collapse after taking off my glitter leggings, (laughs) it was one of those moments where you go, wow, God, you are amazing. How did this happen? How was it that we were able to worship with that many people? And did we change lives? Absolutely we did. Not only was I able to share some of the wonderful things that we did in 2016, 
But we have set ourselves up for an incredible 2017. Not only were we able to meet the pledge that we had made to Dominga, that student who wanted to go to high school in Belize, but we were able to raise enough money to also send a young man to high school. Two people in Belize are going to be blessed radically for the rest of their lives because of Crozet. That's an amazing way to start off the new year. And we're not done. We're not done. Right? We challenged you. We challenged you to do something radical and out of love here in Crozet. We decided among the leaders in the finance committee that we would do something that was long overdue, that we would take our Christmas Eve and Christmas offering and that we would use it to sponsor two local children so that they could attend preschool next year and jumpstart their educational career, that they would learn the skills, the emotional growth, that they would understand school from a radically different perspective than they would have otherwise. And that economics would no longer be a barrier to their success. Because if we can do it for Dominga and Manuel and Belize, we can do it for two children here in Crozet. And we did. We raised that money. That money is going to change lives here. And where will they go? I have no idea. But I know, I know in the core of my being that when those two children who we do not yet know when those two children look back on their lives, that year in pre-K, being loved in our preschool and encountering you of Crozet United Methodist Church, they're going to look back and they're going to say, that was a time when God was good to me. They're going to look back and they are going to understand that God was present and tangible and very much real because we were able to love them into wisdom. We were able to love them into a community. Some of us had to go without in order to do that, right? Some of us had to make a sacrificial offering to suddenly give where we had not planned to give. And it's worth it. It is worth it every time when we come before the Lord and we give to God so that God's will can be done. That's what it means. This is why we are Christians, because we believe that God is doing incredible things and that God will continue to do incredible things through flawed, mortal, imperfect, fractured vessels like me and you. That this is what we have been called to, to be part of an unfolding over time. And on this day, when some of the world has still not awakened, and on this day, when some of us were at least motivated enough to get up and get dressed, we recognize that time marches on. But God's plan has been constant. It has been present. And while we don't know these two children whose lives are going to be changed, while we don't know them, God has known them from before the day of their birth. God has known them and loved them, reached out to them in grace. And our response to God's grace through the giving of that Christmas Eve and Christmas Day offering so that they can go to school, that is all part of God's plan. It was God's will that the people of God should bless others. And we have taken our place in that plan today. And we're not going to stop.
We have work to do. It's going to be a long year, so I hope you get your nap today. <laughs> we have lots of plans. There are things that God has put into my mind and on my heart and into the works of you as well. It is not just me. There are others who are leaders here in this church. And through the work of you, the people also, opportunities and ideas have arisen. And the future looks very bright indeed. Over the course of this month, we will be sharing with you just some of the possibilities that we see. Some of the ways in which we feel emboldened and challenged to go out into the world and right here in Crozet and make a difference in people's lives. Because that's where people come to encounter Jesus Christ. People have these transformative moments, these experiences where they come to realize that something is very different, that something has been opened up for them, and that God's love, grace, Hope and truth is being poured out endlessly through something like human beings. And we are blessed to be part of that. It's not just me. It's not just somebody who's a chair of a committee or who sits at the top of a council. What Jesus Christ is doing in Crozet is about you. I'm just privileged to be up here and to be able to see it. You are doing wonderful things, and we cannot stop. We will not stop. We must not stop. Because the future is bright, and the future is where God is directing us. It's so tempting to sit here on New Year's Day and get really nostalgic for the past. This has been a hard year in a lot of ways. I have preached sermons I never thought I would have to preach. I have had to help a congregation work through struggles from the secular world that were permeating us here. I have watched as so many of us have been low and downtrodden. I have witnessed the ways in which people have been impacted by what is going on outside of this sanctuary. And it could have destroyed us as individuals and as the body of Christ. And instead, we all decided that we were going to look forward, that we were going to look at the kingdom to come and that we were going to stake our hope and find our truth there. And we were going to march to Zion and there we will meet our Lord and Savior. And we're not going to stop we might pause and take a breather, but we are not going to stop. And if we pause and take a breather, we're going to follow that Old Testament example, and it's going to be to worship. And we're going to be refreshed in our worship. We are going to be rejuvenated, restored. We are going to spend a year perfectioning our worship as much as we are trying to perfect ourselves. Our maturity and our chance to grow as disciples is not something that we put off forever. It's not something we look at in retirement. It's not something that we go, oh, well, that's for the older people. Because I'll tell you, I'm getting old. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. 
but you're making that look so good. I like that. We are getting older. But you know what the exciting part is? People who weren't members of our church came up to me after the 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock worship service on Christmas Eve, and they said, where did you get all these kids? Because we're not Mormon. We're not breeding them. So where are they coming from? Right? Where are they coming from? You know where they're coming from? They're coming from a desire to be here because they have families and parents that have made this a priority. Because they have grandparents and loving neighbors who have said, come with me, I will take you. And they come up here and they come barreling up here. And they have things to say, lots of things to say. And every now and then one's appropriate. (laughs) And we love that. We love how exciting they are. This is what people crave to see. They want to see that the church is alive. And the church is not alive because of me or because of our musicians. The church is alive because of you. If you didn't come here, this would not look and feel like this. And if you didn't come here and make this worth it, these children wouldn't be here. You have made a place where they feel wanted and desired, where they feel safe and free. You have made it so that they can be liberated to be children, go figure. And I mourn that there are churches that would give their right hand, their entire right aisle of pews, to have one-tenth of what we have been blessed with here. We are blessed people. And do you know what happens to blessed people who rest on their laurels? the laurels start to rot and the people start to fade. We're not resting. We have work to do. So this is the start of a new year. It's the start of an incredible time. I can't wait to tell you next week about all the things that are coming. But in the meantime, I want to point you back to the scripture that I read from you from Ecclesiastes. And how many of you can hear the birds in your head right now singing that song? love that song and yet it's true there is a time for all things there is a time for celebration and there is a time to mourn there is a time for us to realize how good we have it and a time for us to petition God to give us more so that we can do more we don't ask for more so that we can slack off we ask for more because we are ready and willing and able to put in the work You know, my mom used to always tell me about how she just wished she could win the lottery. Never mind that we're Methodist and we're not supposed to gamble. (laughs) She grew up Southern Baptist, so I grant her a lot of grace. (laughs) And she used to tell me, you know, I would pray, you know, God, if you would let me win the lottery, I would do all these wonderful things. And then she would run off a list of things that I didn't find to be so wonderful. But anyway, right, to her they sounded great and that she would be benevolent, and that she would give to others. And then she said one day she actually stopped after the litany, the the kind of rant about what she would do. And she said that she could hear the voice of God saying to her, you want me to give you more, but what are you doing with what I give you already? What are you doing with what I've given you already? 
Well, I feel very good about standing here before the altar of God and God's house in the holiest part of this building and saying to you, wow, I'm impressed with what you're doing already. I really am. But we can do more. We can do more. There is a passion and a fire in you. The way you greet one another, the way you respond to the word of God, the way we can celebrate together when we are able to make financial headway into the world of mission and ministry, these are all incredible indicators of the fact that we are blessed and that we want to bless others. And so as we stand here at the beginning of a brand new year, it is an open canvas and we can paint whatever future we want for this year. My prayer and my deepest yearning as your pastor is that we will say, less of me and more of you, God. Amen. That that will be our desire. Because people are trying to lure you, right? You need a new gym membership. We need to go on a diet. We need to do all these kinds of things. Well, we wouldn't have to go on a diet if we hadn't all eaten like that at Christmas. <laughs> hate to tell you there's a reason why I'm wearing a belt today <laughs> instead let us say less about us and more about what God is going to do let us focus instead on putting our time and our energy into mission work here in Crozet there is work to be done there are people of God suffering here in our neighborhood yeah, maybe they're not suffering like my friends from Rwanda or my friends who are being persecuted religiously in India. Maybe they're not suffering like that, but that doesn't mean that they're not suffering. And whether or not you want to put it on some kind of scale, this person's suffering is a 10 out of 10 and this one's only a 2.2. The fact is that when any human being suffers, it resonates up into the heavens and God suffers. And if we aren't feeling that, if it isn't reverberating through our Lord and Savior to us, then there is something wrong here. And we are going to respond this year. We are going to reach out in love. We are going to let them know that they are not alone, that they are not forsaken, that they are loved. Amen. We are going to change the way this community understands itself. And they don't all have to be Methodist, although that would be amazing. <laughs> but they have to understand that we are in this together. I can't tell you how much it meant to me to sit down last night and look back on a year and recognize how ecumenical our missions were this year. That any time I go down into the food pantry, I have more people gathered from other denominations and from other walks of life in our food pantry serving the hungry, then some gatherings of clergy. It's incredible. And I only wish that myself and my colleagues would take our cues more from you. That we wouldn't care that this one's been ordained in this church and this one's had this pedigree. That instead that we would look to you and say, if they can get over it, then what's our problem? Because you are showing us the way. And I think it's about time that the Virginia Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church started paying attention to Crozet. 
I think it's time that they realized that you are amazing and that what you can do is limitless. Because there are plenty of churches that think, well, they're just a solidly mid-sized church. They don't have it going on. Oh, we got it going on. And Christmas Eve and Christmas Day proves it. And if that's how we ended the year, I can't wait to see how we begin it. So this is our year. This is our time. And it is so because God has deemed it. That the faith would grow. That love and mercy would multiply. And that more and more, day by day, the lost would come back to the fold. And that justice and righteousness would be as pervasive as the air we breathe. So let's do it. Let's do this. Not just today, not just Christmas and Easter, but every day. For this is who we are. This is what we were created to be. You were knitted in the wombs of your mother for this. You were known before anybody even knew you were existing. Before your parents had the first inkling that you would be. God nurtured you into being and placed deep within your heart that was still emerging this burning need to be with your God. And others have that need too. But the suffering and the pain of this world has dulled it to the point that they have forsaken it. And this year, this year, we rekindle it. This year, we light fires in the hearts of people. We burn with a passion that this world hasn't seen since Jesus Christ resurrected. And we show everyone that this too is their home. May this be done to bring honor and glory to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.